Welcome to the Professional Writer Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Christensen, and I'm here to help you confidently plan, launch, and grow your writing-related business. I am delighted today to welcome a guest onto the podcast. Her name is Diane Mills. Welcome, Diane. Welcome to you. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be a part of your program today. Well, Diane is a best-selling author who believes that her readers should expect an adventure. And we're going to be talking a lot about the adventure of writing today with Diane. She weaves memorable characters with unpredictable plots to create action-packed, suspense-filled novels. And Diane believes that every breath of life is someone's story. So why not capture those moments and create a thrilling adventure? Now, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about, Diane, before we dive in here, is in your bio, you say that you are a coffee snob. That is something that we definitely have in common. I consider myself a coffee snob, too. So tell me a little bit about your coffee snobbishness. Actually, I prefer roasting my own coffee beans. And I do this through using uh, an air popper you know, popcorn. And I have more than one uh, so that I can do more than one small half cup of green beans at a time, or I would be there all day. Uh, But I actually really, really enjoy that process. Uh, The exploring, okay, this is this particular type of of green coffee beans. So for the flavor I want, how long do I roast it? And so, you know, I try with those. I'm a very, very dark roasted fan. So the 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 medium that a lot of our restaurants have is just it, it that doesn't work for me. I have to have the stronger type. So uh, I actually use a website called Sweet Maria's. For anyone (laughs) who is interested in roasting their own coffee beans, and it is amazing. It's like a little university there. Not only does it tell you what all you need and give you tutorials and different things that you can buy according to just your home use or if you have a restaurant or coffee shop, and then, of course, all the different flavors from all over the world. I could spend a whole 30 minutes talking about this, but uh, I, I just love it. One thing I will say, Laura, is to make sure you take those um, those air poppers outside <laughs> because if not, your house will smell like coffee. coffee. And that's great. I mean, we well, I like coffee, that. But I mean, for a long time and in your hair and in your fingers and, and everywhere else, and that may not be uh, exactly what you want. And if you live in a cold area and it is very cold outside, you may want to uh, have a little bit of a heater. Boy, I am a snob, aren't I? Wow, you are are set up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, I love it. And yeah, I am a snob. Wow. I have never heard of roasting your own coffee beans in an air popper. That is news to me. So you said that website again was was Sweet Maria's, like M-A-R-I-A-S? Is that right? M-A-R-I-E-S. R-I-E-S. 
A S. I can't spell. I E A S. Okay. Yes. Well, I'll put it. I'll put a link to that in the show notes once I look it up and verify online okay. that we're going to the right place. <laughs> oh, but that's so fun. Well, here's what my husband does, and and we we don't roast our own coffee beans. Okay, so I'm not. I guess I'm not a true coffee snob because <laughs> I haven't quite reached the epitome of doing that yet. <laughs> but we buy really nice beans and we often often will spend a lot of money to buy Kona coffee beans, which are oh. so delicious. Yeah. And so my husband then grinds the beans and we do the cold drip method, the overnight method, which is so delicious because it takes all the bitterness out of the coffee. And so as he's grinding the beans, he kind of puts them in a bowl in these different containers. And wherever I happen to be in the house, he brings the bowl of fresh beans or freshly ground coffee to me and says, okay, aromatherapy, sniff (laughs) this. And I'm just like, (sighs) and I inhale that lovely smell of fresh ground coffee beans. (laughs) Oh, yes. I so agree. I have a quick question, though. I watch or I follow these blogs about coffee. And did I hear correctly that when you do the cold brew that you should roast them in, I mean, excuse me, soak them in water overnight, the coffee beans? Soak the beans first? Uh, we, We do not. We do not soak our beans first. Okay. But, you know, that's worth looking into. <laughs> I'm going to have to join these coffee aficionado <laughs> groups and find out more. <laughs> okay, so we're we're not actually here to talk about coffee, even no. though we <laughs> could both get off on that tangent for a long time. True, true. Uh, but back to Diane. Um, she is an avid reader. Okay, I, we also have that in common. And most writers are also avid readers. Love to cook. Believes mm-hmm. her grandchildren are the smartest kids in the universe. And you and your husband live in Houston, Texas. Okay. So you have a romantic suspense novel called Airborne, which is releasing tomorrow, September 8th. So another reason why I'm so excited to have Diane on the show with us today is because she's got a book coming out tomorrow. And she is going to be doing a giveaway of some goodies related to Airborne exclusively inside the Professional Writer Podcast community. That's our Facebook group for listeners of the podcast. So this is a special bonus for those of you who listen and who are members of that Facebook group. So Be sure to jump in there this week and see what Diane is giving away. And you can join by checking out the show notes at bloggingbistro.com, and there'll be a link to join the Professional Writer Podcast community. Now, let's talk about your book, Airborne, because this is such a timely topic. I was looking at the tagline for the book, and it says, a killer virus is unleashed, and it's up to her to stop it. Yes, I am more than excited about this book. Airborne came to me, the idea came to me about three years ago, and it was written and edited before COVID-19 released. So I don't want anyone to think that I have, this came all of a sudden and it was as a result of the pandemic. But no, 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 I had this idea and I, th- I think that your listeners are going to enjoy this. I certainly enjoy telling it. But I have the idea, what if a virus was unleashed on board an international flight? What would happen? 
And I've had a lot of dealings and I have some great friends with the FBI and uh, even a a gal in uh, D.C. who answers my questions, helps me find the right protocol and things. But this was a little different. Granted, I I wanted an FBI uh, heroine, but what was I going to do about a virus? What kind of virus? What determines a virus? Uh, CDC? What would the airlines do? All of those things that rolled through my mind that I knew absolutely nothing about. So what happened was this. While I'm thinking about this, and I always believe that when God gives us an idea and he gives us a dream, he's not about to let it go. So I was in Albuquerque uh, speaking at a conference, and I met this delightful woman Uh, Not only was she a writer and a speaker, but she was introduced as a microbiologist and an immunologist. And I thought, oh, wow, that is great. So we were talking and she said to me, Diane, I've always wanted to see a novel in which the research was done right, like like a virus unleashed in a crowd. She said, if you want to do this, I would be glad to help you. I would be thrilled to help you. So it's like, oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. I couldn't wait to get home. And I was so super excited. So I got home and I started working on a few things and said to my husband, you know, I don't know how airlines uh, train their, uh, their employees, their flight attendants and their pilots and things. I don't know how they train them in the, in the event of a medical emergency. And he says, Oh, I can help you with that. And my husband plays piano, uh, on occasion at church. And there was uh, a gentleman within the uh, praise team who trains, uh, flight attendants for the airlines that I wanted to use, the one that was in my mind. So we had this delightful conference call. He told me what the procedures would be, all that protocol, even the the right words to use. Oh, I was so excited again. So I by this time, I'm calling my FBI friend in D.C., and she's helping me. And she says, oh, would you like to talk to someone at the CDC? Oh, my well, goodness. Well, yes. So <laughs> Yes, I would. <laughs> yes. And they are amazing. Not only are they very, very caring people, but they are as excited to talk about what they do as we writers and bloggers and podcasters and all of us are excited to talk about what we do. And they gave me so much, so much information. So I'm riding away, and I'm excited, and I have a gentleman uh, not too far from me, and he's in my writing group, and he said, and he's published, does suspense and romantic suspense and fantasy. He's very, very talented, and uh, my husband's talking to him, and my husband said to me, honey, come here a minute. Do you know what he does for a living? I said, I don't know, but we've just decided to be critique partners. He was a, he's a pilot for that airline and all the pieces had come together. So I was very, very excited to have all of that information and to go forward with uh, Airborne and 
I am very pleased. I'm very pleased. That's incredible. And I actually have a copy of Airborne in my hot little hands right now. Thank you, (laughs) Diane, for sending me an advanced copy. And I've been enjoying reading it. And I've noticed just those sorts of things that you're talking about. The novel is extremely well-researched because I was thinking, how does she know all this stuff (laughs) about dealing with a pandemic and taking care of people who are suddenly ill on an international plane flight? And just all the the myriad reactions and emotions that people have in the midst of a pandemic. Now that we have been living in a pandemic for the last eight months or so, we can all understand those sorts of emotions. But like you said, you wrote this book what three years before, or you started writing it, researching it three years before this pandemic even happened. The explanations of how people are handling a pandemic or in, an epidemic, in the case of your book, it's not a pandemic, but how people are handling an epidemic or a sudden disease that comes upon a lot of people in the middle of a plane flight, how people are handling that and, and the way that you describe that so accurately was mind-boggling to me. Is It's just amazing. So obviously you were consulting with several experts who just kind of happened to come your way <laughs> at the right time. At the right time. It was wow. absolutely wonderful. My friend Carissa Colbreth, Dr. Carissa Colbreth in Albuquerque, she would give me the, she said, this movie got it right, or that movie got it right, or watch that documentary. And it it just all flowed into what I wanted to happen with, uh, with my hero and my heroine on board this flight. And you know, I want to say something, not that I'm the, the type of person who overreacts, because when you're a writer, anything can happen anyway, so that's life. But when the COVID did hit, it was as though I was prepared. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I was prepared. You were, yeah. Oh, this will happen next, and then this, and this is what we will end up doing. It was very, very peaceful, very assuring. Again, I could see Heather, my heroine, I can see her walking through the pages of this book, making sure things were done as she's trying to figure out, okay, who is responsible for this? Yes. And Heather, just to acquaint those of you who were, are looking forward to reading Airborne, she's an FBI agent based in Houston. She happens to be a passenger on the flight where this um, disease suddenly is attacking people, uh, various passengers on the flight. She and fellow passengers end up in quarantine, another word that a lot of us have become very familiar with. I'm not going to give away anything else about the book, (laughs) but her husband ends up being the prime suspect Yes, behind who intentionally is causing this disease to be spread. Lots of suspense there, a lot of relational stuff going on between the husband and the wife. That's all I'm going to give away. I could, I, if I keep talking, I'll give away too much. I'm bad at that. So. Oh, I am too. I, I, I am too. I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. We'll go to watch a movie, and my husband will say, if someone else is there with us, do not say a word, Diane. Do not say a word. You're going to ruin it for them. And, yeah, that's um, right. I will. <laughs> 
So I want to ask you something about the book, though, from the marketing perspective. That's mm-hmm. pretty safe to talk about. Yes, that's good. Away that's anything. good. <laughs> Your publisher, Tyndale, released the ebook version on April 28th, so several months before the print version comes out. Tell me a little bit about why they decided to do that, and has that been something that has worked well for you? Or has that been a weird adjustment? What's that been like having a having the ebook come out several months before the print book? I'd never had that happen before. As it was, it was very timely. Uh, my book offers hope, and that is a huge portion of goodness that our whole world needs. Is more hope. So while the the book and the research and and the story are near and dear to my heart, there is hope. And Tyndale felt, and I certainly agree, that that's exactly what readers needed was a big dose of hope in the middle of a uh, of a tragedy. Mm-hmm. And it has really worked well because I've been able to keep the momentum all the way through from the end of April until now. And it's worked out. It's worked out very nicely. I am pleased with how it was done. And it was an unusual circumstance, may never happen again, to have that pre-released like that. But I am very, very uh, thankful, very blessed that they did. You're the second guest I've had on this podcast that has had that happen this year. And it's actually quite an unusual occurrence to have kind of two separate book release dates mm-hmm. with an ebook one date and the print book or the other date. I had Kathy Lip on the podcast a couple months ago, and she has a book out called Ready for Anything, which is about preparing for any type of disaster. And the same thing happened with her. She had the ebook released several weeks or months before the print book came out. And she told me that it felt like the never ending book launch. Yes. <laughs> Does it felt like yep. that for you, Diane? Yes, it, it is because there are <laughs> different venues who want blog posts or an interview. And uh, yes, it does seem like the never uh, ending story. And I, I listened to Kathy's podcast and it was, it was exciting. And it too shows, oh my goodness, the book was so timely for right now. So that's a really good lesson for us writers is to be prepared to make a very quick pivot. And even though we may have this publication date kind of like set in stone in our mind, it's not necessarily the case. And so we have to be very flexible and willing to kind of go with it, especially if we're working with a royalty publishing house where they maintain a lot of the reins of control. Be really willing, be very very flexible to try different things and to just take it and run with it because you never know what may happen. And like you're saying, Diane, your book is offering hope to people during the middle of a really difficult time. And that's really ultimately what's most important. I so agree. And th- that's one of the reasons why I write and predominantly I write fiction. I mean, I love fiction is uh, to offer hope in a non-threatening environment. And that's, that's just who I am. What do you have going right now? What sorts of projects are you working on? I just turned in, as of September 1, uh, the next romantic suspense. Uh-huh. And it is uh, a little different project. You know, I'm, I have to be challenged. It's just in my DNA, I guess. But I'm very goal-oriented, 
and I have to be challenged. So that means every book I write has to exceed the previous book in something, even if no one ever recognizes it but me. But that is, uh, that is how I work. That's how I operate. I feel excited about this totally different story. My goal was to go just a little deeper psychologically. Is this new story an FBI story, or is it a different genre or different? Uh, is it a standalone book, part of a series? Uh, what can you tell us about it? <laughs> uh, I I prefer standalone books, and yes, it is uh, FBI. I have a young woman at age seventeen who confessed to shooting her brother-in-law and killing him, and spent fifteen years in prison. However, she didn't do it. Mm-hmm. The hero is an FBI agent who doesn't think she needs to be out of jail. So that's all I can say. <laughs> but and you have several books with FBI agents in them. What got you interested in writing about FBI agents in particular? I'm real uh, determined, stubborn, obstinate when it comes to research, as we've already talked about. And so several years ago, I was uh, ready to write an FBI book, but I didn't no agents who could and would give me the information I needed. So I just called the Houston office here and visited with the um, media coordinator. She and I became very, very close friends, still are to this day. And after I was processed and got my security (laughs) clearance, then uh, we discussed uh, closed cases and what closed cases might work the best. And at that time, she read every word I I wrote so that the protocol would be correct. Uh, Through her, I became involved in the FBI Citizens Academy. That is a uh, a nationwide program, and I'm still active in that. And I thoroughly enjoy the speakers who have done the real thing. And those agents, too, they're just like everybody else I encountered. They're excited about their career, their job, and they love talking about it. And so that's how that got started. And I've done that. uh, I enjoy the FBI, becoming very very much familiar with them, and that's fun. But I have also taken ATF. Their Citizens Cadet Academy, I've taken that and learned a whole lot. So I'm planning on using some of that information with the FBI in an upcoming book. I love this, Diane. This is just giving me so many good ideas. And so you're not only doing the research and you're meeting the people and, and interviewing people who are in the field, like FBI agents and looking at actual closed cases and basing some of your storylines on that, but you are going above and beyond the call of duty in joining these citizen academy and going through their classes and workshops and watching their lectures and things so that you can just soak in as much of this aura of of being an FBI agent and what that's like as possible. That's admirable. I enjoy it. And it's an opportunity for me to share in my little sphere, my, my little community of how things are really done, not how someone may may show or have a television show or a movie show of how something might be done. This is the exact way, and that's what I want to know. 
I was very fortunate at one point to take a trip to D.C. and to Quantico with a group of the uh, Citizens Academy. So we had a fabulous uh, tour of the D.C. office and Quantico. And it was amazing. You know, Laura, I'll tell you this. But I remember uh, as the bus was pulling into Quantico, and it looked like a 16-year-old kid. Of course, the older I get, the younger everybody else looks. <laughs> Isn't that amazing how that works? <laughs> but he's just bebopping down the street with a backpack. And the driver says, he's our best sniper. Oh. So I was on alert and thrilled throughout the whole the whole time. <laughs> wow. That's like going on that back lot tour of Universal Studios. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Only it's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's incredible. So I want to ask you something else related to your book marketing. You have a book club called the Diane Mills Book Club. So tell us a little bit about this and how people can get involved in it if they're interested. I understood when I started writing that book clubs love books and all the readers love books. And then when they get together for a meeting to discuss the book, hopefully there are questions in the back of the book that help. But what about all the other things? What about any games? Like I love doing unique book-oriented crossword puzzles or Mm. word searches or, hey, could you be an FBI heroine? Here's all the criteria. Fill it out and see if you apply. Even things for kids. The more I got involved with it, the more I thought, oh, this would be a great menu to have that would go along with this book. Here's even some recipes. Or here are a few giveaways that the hostess could either get from me or find them on Amazon or someplace, and I would provide the link. But what I've found is the more I can offer a book club, the more apt they are to jump back in and say, okay, Diane has a new book. What is she offering now? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't even talk about the uh, the Zoom sessions, if they would like to have a live Zoom session, if they'd like for me to call in, or if I'm anywhere near at all, I want to be there. I want to share my enthusiasm, answer their questions, just have a good time, maybe bring food and goodies for the evening and make sure I have plenty of the yellow crime scene tape. Oh, yes. <laughs> Having that decorating everything. Uh, I really, really, really enjoy that. And so I encourage your readers, whether you were in a book club or you're just looking for something fun, to go to my website, which is com. And not only find the page that has to do with a particular book, and right now it's airborne, but Mm -hmm. you can see a video, you can read a chapter, you can have all your buy buttons, you can find different uh, items as to why I was so excited about writing this, what were some of my goals, my aspirations, and then all the book club Uh, information. Anyway, it's fun, but it's something that I can offer readers. And it is all about readers. If I can't inspire a reader, if I can't encourage a reader to to be better than who they are, uh, 
then my job of entertaining them is just a small little box. I want to spread that out and be more and encourage them to, hey, I'm going to email or I'm going to message her and see if she's real or if that's or if she's not, you know, that kind of see thing. See if she's real. I like yeah. that. <laughs> Who is this Diane Millsberg? Yeah. Oh, th- this is wonderful, Diane, because I think that your book club is not only a great resource for your readers who want to read your books and have book clubs to focus specifically on your books, but I think it's also a fantastic resource for authors in general who are looking to market their books, looking for new and innovative ideas for marketing, particularly marketing online. And they can learn from an experienced author like you and just get some new ideas, some fresh ideas and run with it. Well, I am having so much fun talking with you, Diane, that I would love to continue our conversation next week because I want to ask you some questions about the coaching that you do of other writers and also the teaching that you do of writers, because I think those are two other important ways that you are building your writing business. Would you be up for coming back again and continuing our conversation? Oh, absolutely. Thrilled. Okay. Thank you so much. Well, let's do it. And so listeners, Diane will be back with us again next week to continue the conversation. Be sure to hop into the Professional Writer Podcast Community Facebook group where Diane is doing a giveaway based on her new novel, Airborne, that's coming out tomorrow, September 8th, 2020. You will find a link to join the Professional Writer Podcast Community at bloggingbistro.com. And I'll also include some of the other links that Diane mentioned today during our chat, as well as a link to her website so that you can go learn more about her and you can see what she's doing with book clubs and also order her book, Airborne. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Diane, for being with us. Oh, you are, you are so welcome. I just loved every moment of it. <laughs> and we'll be back with you again next week. So stay tuned.